are in the middle of a series. We preach in monthly themes here. And so this month's theme is called Becoming Unstuck. And it's where we're talking about getting healing from the family dysfunction that you may have experienced in childhood that is holding you back today as an adult. And so if if today, if you're just joining us the first time this week, it's going to feel like I'm just like right smack dab jumping into the middle of something because I am. Uh, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're online. But I do encourage you to, to watch the previous Sundays that set us up to get to this point right here. And, and lastly, before we begin, I just want to say that, that today might feel a little bit intense and I just want to preface this by saying I'm, I'm not sticking my finger in anyone's face today. We're going to be talking about, parent, about roots in our lives that hold us back, but those roots come from things we experienced in childhood, and so that means we have to analyze our relationship with our parents and the events that happened to us in childhood. And so the nature of doing that can bring a lot of shame if you're here as a parent, <laughs> Or even just thinking about your parents and feeling guilty, like, gosh, I, I love my parents. I don't want to think of them in a bad light. Or, or you're thinking about all your mis- I just want to say I recognize that uh, this is kind of a difficult topic. And I just want to, you to know that I'm not standing up here shaming any one of you. I'm a parent as well. And I'm going to make a lot of mistakes as my daughter grows. But let's do this together. We have to look at what was lacking in our lives in order to become unstuck, in order to be able to move forward. So that's what we're going to do this morning together, gently, right now. So as I said, we started this series, and last in the previous weeks, we were looking at what God's blueprint is for the family. As believers, we take Scripture to be our guide. And so we looked at Scripture to say, what is the blueprint for a family, the soil that children need to be raised in? And so we looked at your first three relationships you experience as you come into this world and as you grow, and that's your relationship with God, your relationship with your mother, and your relationship with your father. And so we spent those weeks describing what a father needs to be according to God's blueprint, and what a mother should be according to God's blueprint, and what you should be receiving from the Lord as you are growing and a young person. And so today, we're moving past that, and we're going to talk about identifying the root. That's the next step in this process of becoming unstuck, how we can get past uh, things in our life where it's like a lid. I, I keep repeating these behaviors. I keep having the same difficulties in relationships. And, and the point we are at today is that we're going to learn how to identify the roots in our life that are causing the behaviors that we continue to repeat and repeat. And then just for your reference... These are the next two weeks. The next two steps is returning the burden and replacing the tools. But today we're looking at identifying the root. And so here's a tree. We'll call this the tree of our life. If your life was a tree, this is, this is what we're going to look at today. And so here at the top of the tree, you have fruit. And the fruit of our life is our choices, our behaviors, our beliefs, our actions, our habits, our words. And these are the things that so often we are trying to change. Like, okay, I have, I have a certain behavior that I always do that I know is wrong. It doesn't line up with the Word of God. 
It's not, it's not disciplined how it should be. And I'm trying to change this behavior or this certain belief or this habit or certain words that I say. And we can become frustrated because we keep applying faith and prayer. And it's like, gosh, I just, why? I keep praying about this certain behavior, but no matter how much discipline I'm applying, no matter how much prayer, I keep repeating this behavior that is unhealthy. And I feel stuck. It's holding me back in relationships, in my work, in, in all sorts of places. And what's important for us to see today, we're going to work through this diagram, and then we're going to get to the scripture. We're going to read a chapter in Colossians. But we keep trying to change the fruit in our lives when we really need to be getting to the root, the root that causes us to choose the behavior that, that we keep choosing, that we keep falling into. And I think this is important. This might feel a little clinical, like, gosh, why are you having us analyze our childhood? Like, I believe the Word of God is our blueprint, and I believe the Holy Spirit empowers us to change. Why do we need anything else? We have the blueprint. We have the Holy Spirit. So, so this feels a little too clinical to have to, like, think of our childhood. But here's the thing. What are we asking the Holy Spirit to help us change? We can spend a lot of time praying and applying faith and knowing what the blueprint is. Oh, sorry applying the word, but we're just changing the fruit when where we want lasting change. We need the Holy Spirit to come in and help us with the roots, the bad roots that are unhealthy. That might be a more palatable word. The unhealthy roots that we have that are producing bad fruit in us. Because I can keep asking my small group, can you pray that I get another job? Because I just lost my job again, not because of economy, but because I just can't seem to hang on to a job. And so we can pray me into a fifth job, a sixth job, a seventh job. At some point, my mentor's going to say, I'm not praying for another job for you. I need to, let's find out what the root is of why you can't keep that job. Let's pray for that to be healed. And so that's why we're doing the work this month to see where we need the Holy Spirit to come in and heal and change so that we can move forward in life. So you have your fruit on your tree. If we move down the tree... The trunk of the tree is your emotions. Everything you've experienced in your life, from your childhood events, created an emotion. You have a feeling attached to that. And that's because when God created us, he didn't just make us carbon and materials and particles and matter. He created us with soul and spirit too. And so we have emotions and we have feelings. And those feelings and emotions are tied to the roots in our lives. And this is one way that you can know that you have an unhealthy root is when you see an emotion that is out of proportion to an event you are experiencing. So let me give kind of maybe a really obvious example of this. If you're at Walmart or Target or a store somewhere and the line is taking forever and, you, and someone cuts someone else off in the line and you see this person just freak out start screaming, starting to fight in, in the store over being cut in line. That's an inappropriate response, right? It's like, okay, it was, it was an inconvenience. It's, it's uh, not thoughtful to cut someone else off. But when you see people screaming, starting to fight, getting in someone's face, you can know, hmm, that emotional response is disproportionate to the situation that happened. Now, if I'm at a four-year-old's birthday party and a four-year-old cuts off another four-year-old in line to hit the pinata, I can expect that four-year-old to throw a fit, to yell, to scream, 
that's an appropriate response for a four-year-old. And that's why you have a parent to teach you, okay, no, you wait your turn. It's not a big deal. We can ask them to give up. So when I see a 56-year-old throwing a fit because traffic's backed up, someone cut them off in line, that's a clue that there's an emotion that is frozen in childhood, frozen back at a point where you're acting like a child. Or your emotions are the emotional level of a child or of of an emotion you copied from your parent. When we see unhealthy emotions, disproportionate emotions, we know that's a clue that is tied to an unhealthy root in our life. With God's blueprint, the fruit that is supposed to be produced in us is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. That is, when, you, when, when we are raised and trained in God's design, that is the goal, that the fruit in our life is the fruit of the Spirit. But that's not always the case with us in our broken world. And so let me give you an example personally of a time when I realized I, I, this is an inappropriate emotional response. That must mean I have a, an unhealthy root. And so it was Christmas. This is before I was married. So I was probably 17 or 18 years old, and we were exchanging gifts with the family, and it came my turn to receive a gift. And so instead of all the adults in the family individually buying me a gift, they went in together and bought me one nice gift. They bought me a nice camera that I had been wanting. I was not expecting to get it for Christmas. I thought I would save up on my own and buy it myself. So it came time for me to open my gift. I opened this present. I see it's this nice, expensive camera, and I start to cry. Now, crying's an appropriate response, especially if you're, you could be crying because you're so grateful, because you're so happy, because you feel so loved. Those were not the reasons I was crying that I received this gift. So I start to cry, and I'm like, no, 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 no. You should not have spent this on me. Take it back. You should not have got this. was too much money. You should not have bought this for me. Give it, and I, I really was manifesting in front of them on Christmas morning. And so, you know, it started when they first saw, saw me crying, they were like, yay, you know, thinking, we did good. She feels loved. But as I descended into madness and was like, take it back, I don't deserve it, it went from yay to oh. <laughs> Hmm. Then I have a whole pastoral family analyzing me on Christmas Day. (laughs) Fun family times. And so finally one of them, I think it was Pastor Peter, eventually was like, you know this isn't a normal response to receiving (laughs) gifts, right? (laughs) And I'm like, (laughs) you know, I'm just like, take it back, take it back. And so then I have my whole family the rest of Christmas being like, that was weird. That's not, that's not what you should have done. And you know what? Even though I was like, oh, extra Christmas present, therapy session, you know, Christmas morning. But you know what? I'm grateful that they told me that, that's not, you know, that's not a normal response, right? Because I didn't know that. I didn't know that not everyone felt guilty receiving good things from people. And so that was a clue. That response, that emotion was not appropriate for the situation. And that was a clue to me to know there's an unhealthy root there. You are reacting in an inappropriate way, an inappropriate emotional way that doesn't match the situation. And so that brings us to the roots. And this is really what we wanted to get to today in explaining what the roots are in our life. They are made up 
past words, past events, and these relationships, those core relationships we talked about with your mother, with your father, with your family. And this is the soil that, that sets the pace for how you, you uh, guide the rest of your life. You know, we talked about those, those early weeks, but those first three relationships you have, how you experience them, what that relationship is like, determines how you choose the rest of the relationships in your life, your spouse, your friends, your future children. And so these, this, the roots that we have are very important to look at and to think about because it's dictating our emotions and it's dictating the choices we make, the behaviors and the beliefs that we have. And so for parents raising children, children are 100% dependent on their parents to navigate them through life, to discipline them, to teach them, to love them, to encourage them. Children have, they learn we learn everything from our parents. We know nothing. And everything we learn about life is coming from your guardians. Maybe it wasn't your parent. Maybe it was your grandmother, grandfather. And so when these events, when these words, when events that happen to you, the, the temperature of your home, when that strays away from God's blueprint, what he intended, that is when we have roots that can be unhealthy that then affect us the rest of our life because it's dictating our behavior. And so just to finish up my personal example, you know, that Christmas was the first time I realized like, oh, I shouldn't feel guilty when people buy me stuff. That's not normal. And it took time. It wasn't like that night. I was like, oh, I mean, it took time to realize that I had an unhealthy root of being, having a fear of being a burden to people. And so that fear that I was going to be a burden dictated so much of my behavior, how I received gifts, how open I would be about needing support, even sharing my opinions. Something from childhood had me build a belief inside that I don't want to be a burden. Now, let me be clear about this. My par- neither one of my parents ever came to me and said, Aslan, you're a burden. Your needs are too much. Don't ask us for anything. Don't do-. They never said that. And I think that's important to note because, you know, as far as this earthly fallen world goes, I think I had as pretty much a healthy childhood as you're going to get. You know, I had two parents that stayed married and faithful to each other, taught us about the Lord, loved each other, taught us the importance of community, still broken people, still not perfect, but probably as healthy as you're going to get in in this broken world. And even so, I'm saying this to say, even so, there were areas and unhealthy roots that developed in my emotions and in my mind. Several factors went into giving me that feeling as a child. Nothing directly ever spoken from my family. Probably my birth order. A middle child lends itself to always being like, hey, got to keep the peace, got to make sure everyone's cool. So I'm a middle child. I was raised in a pastor's family. And so I just had this, I, somehow I developed this thought, okay, the way you're going to participate in this family, the way you're going to uh, have a role in this family is just to not add to their burden. So don't burden your parents. They're already burdened with the church. Don't burden your siblings. They've got their own business. This will be your role. This is how you will contribute to this family is be easygoing, be friendly. Don't really have strong opinions. Don't fight anything. Be a helper. 
And that message was something I believed. And so I just want to make that clear because some of you might be sitting here like, hey, I had great parents. They were both there. I don't really think, just know the enemy does not sleep on any opportunity. And even when you have great parents that love you and are there for you, he is looking for ways to sow seeds into your life of doubt. Seeds to try to steal and, and destroy your purpose. And if he can sow in those thoughts of insecurity, then there's a foothold there to, to hold you back from your purpose and the calling God has in your life. And so it can be difficult to figure out, you know, where this, you know, you might recognize like, okay, I do have some emotions that seem, uh, some, seem out of place, seem too too uh, inappropriate, like anger or numbness or whatever. It can take time to figure out what is that emotion attached to? What root does that go to? But it's important work to do because that's where we need the Holy Spirit to come in and say, Holy Spirit, I need healing for this thing. I know that you became a burden so that I don't have to fear being a burden. You took on all burdens on you. So it's important that we, do, that we do this work and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. This is a visual that helps me as I was working through this stuff. When you are a parent and you have children, part of what a major thing that we are doing for our children and what your parents should have done for you is to fill up a tool bag with tools. Tools that will help you navigate life, to know how to work through relationships, work through difficulty. That's the job of a parent. So as, this is a sad tool bag, tool bag. I just grabbed a few things. But as you are growing up and your parents, are, you know, discipline you, there's consequences for behavior. Okay, that's adding a tool to your tool bag. As they encourage you and love you, oh, here's another tool. This tool is important to know how to measure out things. They are, you are putting tools in your child's emotional tool bags that when they become an adult, they walk off into the world and they're like, all right, world, here I am. And the first time I have conflict, the coworker or my college roommate or, you know, this boy that I'm starting to date, whatever, I, when there's conflict, when there's an issue, I'm going to pull open my tool bag and see what do I have to navigate this here. I don't know. I'm not sure what, why that was funny. I hope I didn't do something inappropriate. Okay. I'm nervous. What does this represent? Oh, God. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So, but what happens, Callie? It's like a youth rally here, middle school, group of middle schoolers. Okay. What? No offense to middle schoolers. Y'all are the best. Okay. What happens when I have my first challenge, you know, or one of my many challenges in life, my first relational conflict, and I open my tool bag, and the only tool I was ever given... (laughs) So if this is the only tool I learned whether subconsciously or purpose, you know, however. This is, the, okay, well, sledgehammers are good. We need them for some things. If there's a wall in front of me, there's a time where I need to know, like, I need to go for it. I need to retake my SATs. I need to 
you know, get a tutor if I have a learning disability. I need to, you know, there are challenges in life that you need a sledge. I need to stand up for my child who needs assistance. There's a time you need a sledgehammer, and you got to break down obstacles that are in front of you, and you got to not be intimidated. Okay, but that's not every situation, right? And so if my daughter comes to me with a teacup that she just broke the handle off of, she's like, Mom, can you fix my teacup? Can you put my, my handle back on? And I'm like, well, let's give it a shot. <laughs> if this is the only tool I have to work with, because this is the only tool I was taught, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I'm going to be stuck in life because I don't have, it's not even a thing about not wanting to or being, I just, there's nothing in here to help me. And so there's times when I'm talking with young women and young adults and something has come up relationally with friendships, whatever, some kind of conflict, and they're like, that's it, I'm done. I got to leave the church. I got to leave the community. There's no restoration possible. And I'm like, what? It was a miscommunication. Just, just go to her and say you're sorry. Get out the rack. And to me, it's like, come on. And it's, sorry, I'm not sure what's happening back here. And it's like I'm asking them to do something that's really, they just can't even understand. The tool is not there. And it's not impossible. With, through community, through the words, the Holy Spirit, we can learn. We can grow in our emotional tools. But we have to recognize what's missing. We have to recognize the thing that we're stuck, that we're like, man, I can't seem to get past this thing. And so when you realize that you maybe weren't given everything that God's blueprint intended, then that can lead to some bitterness, right? When you realize, like, man, there's areas I was rejected, I wasn't given those tools. And so we can have a bitter root. Bitter roots that come into our life that were like, well, my dad didn't even stick around, so I didn't have a chance. Or my mom did this, or my... And they become bitter roots. And so... You might have some unhealthy roots if, you definitely have unhealthy roots if your family strayed from that blueprint. And here's the part where I'm just going to reiterate. I'm not saying any of this to shame. There's situations that happen that we're not perfect people. But it, it's not helpful to just say, everything's normal. That's not helpful because then you can't see you can't find the root, you can't find the path of why you maybe have dysfunction in our life. So even though there's things in society that happen and might be common, it doesn't mean it was what God intended. So let me give some examples. If, if your parents were divorced, if you grew up in a single family home, if you weren't given attention, if you were abused, if your parents fought where you could hear them or see them, if you were abandoned emotionally or physically, if you were treated unfairly, if you were forced to grow up instead of being allowed to be a child if you didn't receive affection, if you were worried about finances, if you weren't taught the tools you needed to have a healthy relationship. You know, you know how often the, the, my daughter and the cousins come home and they're like, I'm not friends with this person anymore. It's like, what happened? You know, and, it, and as a parent, you say, okay, well, let's talk that through. Okay, did you tell? But what if she came home and she's like, I'm not friends with Susie anymore. And what if I was like, good. Susie was kind of a bee. <laughs> We have to teach our, we have to give them the tools. And if you weren't taught that, then you don't have the tools to know how to be successful in life. And so when we experience things outside of God's blueprint, then it leads to dysfunction. 
All right, we need to get to some scripture this morning. We're going to do that right now. So the only way to deal with that bitter root, those roots of dysfunction, those roots of pain, is forgiveness. Surprise! As Christians, it always comes down to that. It's always hoping for another answer there. But it, it comes down to forgiveness. Let's read some scripture, and then we're going to close talking about forgiveness. Forgiveness, okay. Colossians 3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. So the previous chapter was talking about baptism, explaining what that means, that you put the, the, the old is dead and you're raised. So when you're, since you're raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. I love words and I love when words create a picture in, your, in my mind. And that, that we are hidden in Christ. We are hidden in the cleft of the rock. And this here is saying we don't set our hearts on earthly things, those roots we have, those pains. We set our hearts and our minds and we say, okay, I recognize the lack I experienced but I'm setting my mind, I'm setting my heart to that fact that those things are dead. Those unhealthy roots, I can say that they're dead. They're hidden in Christ, and I'm focusing on heavenly things. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. So here's he's saying some of those behaviors, you put those, you put those to death. So, <clears throat> the, some of that fruit on that tree of how we act, those are dead. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. I like that first, he's like, okay, the fruit, the habits, the acting out in selfish ways, those are done. Those are dead. But don't stop there. Deal with the roots. Anger. Malice. Malice is wanting harm to come to someone who's harmed you. Rage. Those are roots in our heart. And he's saying, you also, you got to dig those up too. It's great that the behavior stopped. It's great that some of the sinning stopped. But don't stop there. The heart, your heart has to change. These roots in your heart. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with his practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. So our memories, the things that happen to us, we don't stay tied to that past. We don't stay tied in that pain. We are constantly being renewed in the knowledge of the image of our creator. I'm so grateful to God for that. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Doesn't matter what background you had. How, how I mean it matters, he cares. It's good for us to know that, but when you are in Christ, then Christ is all. That is put to death. We're hidden in Christ. Therefore, as Christ's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. 
bear with each other, and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Forgiveness is what it comes down to. All that setup, all that discovering the roots, when you find that root, when you see the fruit, you're like, gosh, hate some of these choices I've been making or attitudes. What's the emotion that's driving it? What root is that attached to? Now I need to forgive. Forgiveness, we can't get away from that. That is, that is one of the central messages of the Christian faith, that we have received Christ's forgiveness. But he says, okay, I'm forgiving you. I gave my life to forgive your sins, but I'm going to require now you to forgive those who sin against you. And I, that's so easy to say, I realize that, and, and hard to put into practice. There's many of you who experienced really atrocious things in your childhood. A lot of abuse, a lot of neglect. And so I realized just to say, oh, we just forgive him. I realize it's a big thing to say, but as a believer, if, you're, if you are one with Christ, if your life is hidden in Christ, then we know the only path forward is to forgive. And that's the next step. And so I want you to stay on this train. I don't want you to get off at this stop this week and be like, okay, that's the end of the line for me because I can't, I can't take that step. Well, the train's going to keep moving and we're going to keep going to the next steps of how to keep get, getting healing and moving forward. But we need you to stay on the train to extend that forgiveness. And maybe that's going to take some counseling to be able to do that. And that's okay. But it's important work to do. Forgiveness must come first because nothing else works without it. It, might, it can even make you feel mad, like, well, now I'm just letting that person off the hook. All the ways they failed me or hurt me or just did, weren't aware of all the stuff I need. I'm just letting them go. No, you're not, you're not forgiving to try to change the past. It's not trying to let them off the hook. It's forgiveness is so that your future is changed. Because we're the ones stuck when we have unforgiveness. When we keep going, being pulled back into the past into those pains, repeating those habits. It's like, gosh, how many times am I going to pray about this thing that I keep falling into? We have to forgive. That root is going to keep us stuck here. Forgiveness is difficult because it requires a death. It required the death of Jesus. He literally gave up his life, was killed for us to be forgiven. But we as his followers have to also copy that pattern. So it requires a death in us, and we don't have to physically die, but we have to let that thing in us that's saying, I need retribution for this, we have to say, I'm letting that die. That's why forgiveness is so painful and difficult. It is, it's a death to that thing that says, I'm owed this, or it makes me feel good to hang on to this. It was unfair. We're saying, I'm copying Christ. I'm letting that die in me, that need for vengeance, that need for, to hold on to this bitterness, I'm letting it go. Because when you want a pound of flesh, when you're like, no, I'm owed a pound of flesh, you got it in Christ. You got it already. And when you're like, but, but it's so painful what this person did to me, it was wrong, and I agree with all of that. I'm not saying anything out of God's design was right. It should not have happened. But when you want that pound of flesh, Jesus says, it's already been taken out on me. You have my flesh that was beaten for that. 
And if we want to receive that sacrifice to forgive our sins, we can't say, okay, but it's not for them. So we have to forgive. I'm going to ask Pastor Peter to come out to, to close us today, to pray for us. Well, this is uh, very serious stuff indeed. It really is. And um, we recognize we're probably stirring things up within you. And we take that very seriously. <clears throat> and we don't take it just, just to throw it out there and, and see, if, uh, if see, what, see, what, see what comes up. But we know fine well that God is trying to renew our minds and renew our hearts. And this is why we are not uh, uh, quickened into his presence right now. Because there are things that have still got to change within us. We have been saved from our sin in our past, but we are continuing to be saved from our sin right now, as Jesus taught us to ask for, for our forgiveness of our sin. And some of those sins are not sins that necessarily you have done, but you've actually inherited from your past. And the Bible says we should ask for the forgiveness of sins that we have also inherited. So today what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead you in a prayer for uh, asking God for forgiveness of those sins, but also asking God to show you revelation and understanding of what things are still affecting me and infecting me. Affecting me and infecting me to make decisions, to have emotions and to take actions that I know are against the things that God wants me to do. But if we don't make a conscious decision to do something about it, then it will just continue to keep going on over and over and over and over again. And the words of, the words of life and death is within your... Good, so five of you will be with me on this one. That's good. The words of life and death are within your tongue. As the heavens and the earth were created with words, so are things in our past. They are broken with our tongue. And so you at home can be a part of us right now as well. So let's stand as we finish and uh, really bring our prayer and supplications to God. If you want to put your hands out before you as you're, as you're offering yourself to the Father right now. And I want you to repeat after me, Father in heaven, I recognize where I am and who I am. And I recognize what Christ has done for me. But the distance between who I am and what Christ wants me to be is much wider than I want it to be. So I ask for your loving wisdom to reveal to me roots that are still in my heart. And before I understand those things, I ask for your forgiveness for sins of the past and for sins that I do today. And I ask for the power of the cross to break these roots of bitterness within me. And in this coming week, I pray that you would reveal more and more to me so I can become more free in Christ. So I can apply the work of the cross to those very things. And I thank you. I bless you. I glorify you before any of those things come to pass in my life. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would bless every person in this room right now. Fill them with your spirit from the bottom of their feet to the top of their heads into overflowing. I pray, Lord, that you would refine us and perfect us into the image of Christ so that we can become the sons and daughters that you always designed us to be and to do the things that you'd always called us to do. Lord, release us and free us. Release us and free us, we ask. 
in your precious son's name. And all God's people said with a loud voice, amen. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. God bless you.